Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rock podcast. I am back today with my new friend, Aaron Cox, and we're talking about preschool right now on Monday. If you missed our conversation, go back and listen to that. On Monday, we talked about uh, preschool and helping our kids to develop emotionally and why the preschool years really are important. Maybe not so much academically, but emotionally, spiritually. I mean, there are so many things that we can develop in our kids during these little years. And they're such sweet years. At least I hope they're sweet years for you guys. I know they can be really hard. For for one of my girls, the age of three was really hard. Um, but the Lord got us through it and, um, and, and it all was okay. We all survived three. People say terrible twos and I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Three was really hard for us, um, but we made it through, and she is an incredibly delightful girl now, and I'm so grateful for that. So, so we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, the preschool years, but before we do, I want to say thank you to our sponsor, BJU Press Homeschool. No parent should homeschool alone. You have a God-given calling to bring up your child to love God and to steward His creation, and BJU Press exists to help you be successful in that endeavor. Visit their website at bjupresshomeschool.com or call 1-800-845-5731 to connect with an experienced homeschool consultant. Well, Erin, welcome back to the podcast. Um, I am super enjoying this conversation. And again, I, I miss these little years so much. I love it when my friends have preschoolers because then I get to, you know, just interact with them. And, and it's such a, it, those years are full of awe and wonder and development and curiosity and sometimes tantrums, (laughs) but it's just so much fun. Um, And we were talking about the emotional development in our kids. And one of the things I was thinking that is so interesting is you've got your two older girls and then you've got your two little guys. And it's very different how our kids develop emotionally, whether they're boys or girls. Girls tend to get more typically girls tend to get a little bit more weepy and, um, you know, maybe they'll cry more, whereas boys tend to get more angry and physical if they're frustrated about something. And so it, it really is um, kind of a different ball game when it comes to teaching them emotionally. I, I um, you know, I only have girls, but my husband, I know he, he still is like, why are they crying? And I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. It's girls. It's what girls do. Um, I think I kind of messed him up because I'm not a crier at all. I mean, it takes a lot me for either. me to cry. Yeah. My girls cry much more easily than I do. And so he, my husband never had sisters and then he married me who doesn't cry. So then when our girls get emotional about stuff, he's like, what is happening? <laughs> so I'm like, That's normal for girls. I am not normal apparently. Um, but anyway, it is so different in how we treat our kids and how we how we develop them and disciple them emotionally. But I think when it comes to spiritually and developing them spiritually, that's very much the same with boys and girls. Talk yeah. about how we can really work to develop our kids spiritually in those preschool years. I think that the first thing that we have to recognize, just like we talked about last time, about just recognizing that the preschool years, even though culturally they're viewed as just an early academic start, that if we redefine what it is, then we're focusing on them developing as people. We're looking at these years as foundational to their mental, their emotional, their physical development. They're, you know, this beginning of virtue is where, you know, we're planting those seeds of virtue, but also, you know, God's word. And so 
I would say the most important thing that we do with our children in the preschool years is begin to help them know who God is, give them questions and answers about their faith that will not only help them understand who God is, His nature, um, the role that He should play in our lives, the role of the Holy Spirit, um, the sacrifice of Christ, all of those things, like giving those answers to them helps to understand their faith that they're being raised up in, but also gives them an answer when they do get older and they do start to have doubts and challenges and stuff. So it's a it's an apologetics of the early years for their own hearts is so important because the world, the culture right now is real loud about everything that's not true. And it's it's almost just absolutely a celebration of what is evil. And so our children, especially our preschoolers that are growing into this world, it's scary. And the world is absolutely beginning to hate what is true and good and beautiful. And at least in the media, um, in the way that things are being like, promoted and in the propaganda of all of it. Um, and so we have to give our children, you know, the the breastplate of righteousness and the sword of truth and all those things. Like they need to know God's word. It needs to be planted in their heart. So practically speaking, that looks like, first of all, discipling your children. So I know like I did not grow up in a Christian home. I was public school educated. Um, I was not discipled, and I came to Christ when my girls were very young. And so I was trying to figure out what it meant. Like Once I knew the Lord and had a relationship with Him, I realized how important it was to teach my children what's true and give them a foundation in truth, but I had no idea what I was doing. Like, None of it, you know, like, what is discipleship? Like, what does that even mean? And how do you disciple a four-year-old? Like, I I haven't been discipled was where I was at that point. So just remembering that like everything is about the gospel. And when your child, you know, has the tantrum and they've recovered from the tantrum, whatever, you know, speaking to them, like as as we talked about last time about their, you know, giving them the language for the tantrum, for their language, you know, for their emotions, how they're feeling, setting those boundaries, having reasonable expectations for their behavior when they are upset. And then when all the emotions have settled and everyone's moved past that, presenting the gospel, you know, sometimes I get, mommy gets that mad too. Like I want to punch something or kick or scream and cry. Like I get that frustrated too. And it's okay for me to be angry, especially when it's something that like, it's an offense. I should be angry about it. Like being angry is not bad. But whenever I hit or scream at someone and say unkind words when I'm angry, that is sin. And so sin is when we break God's law. And God's law says that we are to be good and true and to love everyone. And so whenever mommy breaks God's law, because I do it all the time, then I have to tell God that I'm sorry and repent of that behavior and then ask him to help me not to be ugly anymore. And every time mommy messes up, that's what, and then get into like, and Jesus died for my sins. And so that's how I'm able to talk to God and the Holy Spirit helps me not to sin anymore or to repent when I do sin. And so obviously you like, you know, make that shorter and smaller and, you know, however old your child is, but just, you know, pointing their heart, like modeling for them in your own weaknesses, 
what it looks like to need a Savior and to turn away from our sin, to recognize our sin, to admit our sin, to apologize both to the person we've sinned against, those who witnessed it, and then God Himself, and just modeling that on an age-appropriate level over and over and over again. Yeah. And using yeah. God's Word to correct them. Um, and then also like a little bit of theology, like um, who made me? God made me. Who made everything? God made everything. And just giving them, again, the language for their faith from a very early age and making what you believe a fundamental part of the culture of your home, not something that's just you know, mommy goes and sits in the corner and says, be quiet because she's doing Bible study. And I, I mean, I say it that way because I definitely, you know, I struggle with it as well because, you know, our faith is personal and we have to have a one-on-one relationship with God. But our children have to see that and they have to see what it looks like to sin and repent, to need Christ, to, um, you know, need to be led by the Holy Spirit, to be humble, ask for forgiveness, apologize, like just living our faith out loud, even when it's normally not something that would be out loud, it might just be something in your heart, but confessing that to your child in an appropriate way right. and helping them to understand that like nobody's perfect, everybody messes up, and we all fall short of the glory of God. But because of Christ, we get to confess our sins to Him and we're already forgiven. And, you know, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can know what is good and true and seek those things instead. And just, again, be intentional about it is what it all comes down to. Yeah, I, I, it's all about intentionality. I mean, I think parenting um, through and through is about being intentional. If we want to raise our kids to, you know, be emotionally stable, to be spiritually stable, we have to be intentional because our sin nature is our sin nature. I mean, that's what mm-hmm. comes naturally to us. And, um, yeah. you know, one of the things that I've realized with my girls from early on is their ability to memorize. They don't, we, we can teach them to memorize God's word. They don't have to understand it and they won't understand it, mm-hmm. but just pouring God's word into their hearts. And I mean, I it, it's, it's so funny that we often think, oh, they're too little. They can't memorize scripture yet. Oh, but they can memorize every nursery rhyme or every book that you read to them a hundred times, or, you know, all the fun songs that they listen to as little kids, they can memorize those things. Well, if they can memorize those and have the ability to do that, they can certainly memorize scripture. So we started scripture memory with our girls when they were itty bitty, really small, before they could even really say the words clearly. Yeah. Yeah. And it is incredible because once they get that foundation and they start memorizing God's word as they get older, then you start explaining, you know, here's what this means. Here's what Psalm 1 really means for you. Here's what John 3.16 really means for you. Mm-hmm. And they already know it, you know, and kids get yeah. excited. Oh yeah, I know John 3.16 for God so loved mm-hmm. the world, you know, and they get this like aha moment of, I learned that, you know, I've always known that my whole life. And, yeah. um, and so, and, and it's just incredible. I, that they have the ability to learn so much and we can grow them spiritually that way without really having to explain what it all means yet, but that will Mm -hmm. come later. Um, And, and yeah. And like you said, just teaching them like they, we need Jesus. They need Jesus. You can't do this without Jesus. You need him to help you to obey. And so it is such a privilege to be able to have our kids, you know, snuggle them on our laps when they are, 
misbehaving and just say, you know what? I love you. Mommy loves you. God loves you even more. And when you disobey mommy, you're disobeying God. And Mm -hmm. so let's obey God. You know, ultimately he's the one that they are obeying or disobeying. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, they understand a lot more, I think, than we give them credit for. So let's take a break. We'll be right back. Have you tried CTC math yet with your child? Here's a testimonial from another happy homeschool mom. Amber said, I'm absolutely thrilled with CTC math. It's a rare find that I've used with my children for more than five years now. I have six children using CTC math and each child has found it easy to navigate and very applicable. Thank you so much for all that you are doing and providing quality math lessons for my children. If you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. Apologia supports homeschool families with Christ-centered K-12 homeschool curriculum designed to engage your student as they experience the awe and wonder of creation and their creator. Designed by leading scholars with a biblical worldview, Apologia's award-winning curriculum is written in a conversational tone directly to the student to encourage independence. Hands-on activities and experiments help students solidify the concepts they're exploring and build a lifelong love of learning. Visit us at Apologia.com. As we look at preschool, I know that so many people think, well, preschool just isn't even necessary. Like during those years, shouldn't we just let them play? And some people even kind of get shamed for thinking about preschool and that it can be damaging to young kids. Talk about the preschool years and why those years really are important for our kids' development. Well, it all comes back to that definition that we mentioned um, before, and I think on the earlier podcast, where we have to reframe how we think about preschool. And so, as I mentioned, the people that are usually against it, they have a purely academic view of it. And it's in the Charlotte Mason kind of field, which, you know, the programs that we write and that I use in my home, they're a mixture of like classical education and Charlotte Mason. And so what I have found in that is that she talks about not doing um, academics before the age of six. And I don't disagree with her. <laughs> mm-hmm, right. um, and so a lot of times you'll find in those groups, maybe on Facebook and stuff, is if somebody says, what's a good preschool that you like? people will swoop in and say, you just let them play. And so my moderate perspective is that you, a child can have hours and hours and hours and hours of open-ended play while you are intentionally teaching and discipling them throughout that entire time. And so by when we talk about preschool, it's about virtue formation and spiritual instruction, good habits of manners and hygiene, basic bodily knowledge um, so that, again, they have the language to express their needs or their concerns. Those are the types of things that our young children need to know. And again, eh, if they if, if we, you introduce some ABCs and one, two, threes, and it's very casual and it's planting seeds and it's with no expectations and it's developmentally appropriate, then why not? That's okay. But you can take time to help your child develop the proper language for behavior and um, beliefs and their emotions while not taking away from their free play in any way whatsoever. And if your preschool is play-based, 
which, you know, for us is like we read amazing books and then we do something related to the book. And the thing that we do related to the book might be to cook um, something together or it might be to sew a little thing together. And so these are skills that your child is, again, they're learning. It's honoring where they are developmentally. They're enjoying it. They're bonding with mom. Um, They are making their home more beautiful. They're helping to feed their family. And those are things that build the culture of our homes. And they're so important to family connection and stability. Yeah. And so those things, that's what preschool is. And, you know, I'm trying to like build out a new definition so that one day in the future, when people talk about preschool, it will not be this idea of having your child sit down and complete workbook pages, because I agree, I'm not having my child do that either. We might sit down and kind of like do an emotional assessment and check off that emotion and maybe write their name. And that's it. That's, that's two minutes out of the many minutes a day that they are awake. And so I just put forth that there is plenty of time for open-ended play if you're being intentional. So I think like the subtitle to these talks could be like intentionality with your preschooler because that's all that it is. It's just thinking ahead, having a plan, not letting the space between toddlerhood and early education, like kindergarten, first grade, not letting that just be dead space that you, you know, just think that like, there's not much to do here. Like, let them be feral or whatever. Right. Like, let them just kind of lead them their own selves and make up their own minds and just kind of stay out of trouble. Like, you're just managing them, but you're not being intentional. Those years are there for a purpose. They're not ready for academics yet, but there's a whole lot that they are ready for that they deeply need in their soul and in their mind that you have to be intentional to instruct them in those things. Um, Charlotte Mason talks about like whether you're being intentional, and I don't know her exact quote, but whether you're being intentional or not, habits are being formed. So either good habits are being formed because you're planning and you're directing and you're making, being intentional, I'm using that word to death, or because life is happening and habits are just being formed that way as well. And so our children develop habits when they're three, four, five years old that they'll carry forever. And so in a habit is much easier to sew correctly in the first place than it is to get them out of those rails and go down a new path later on. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Um, Cause I agree with you completely. I think those preschool years are the time for kids to just play and explore and, and, and with us being intentional at the same time. But one of the things that I have noticed, well, two things actually, one is that there are some kids who, and, and it's not the majority, but there are a few kids mm-hmm. who are just crazy intelligent, super academic. Mm -hmm. And those are the kids who at the age of two, they're wanting to learn how to read. And they're saying, you know, they're trying to sound out words already. And they're, they know their alphabet. Mom's like, I don't even know how they know their ABCs. I didn't teach it to them. There are kids like that. And so I think if we have kids like that, then be intentional about that. You know, don't pressure them, but know your child. Know that if Mm -hmm. they are the kid who really, really is desiring to learn how to read at the age of two or three, run with it, but let them go at their own pace, you know, not put them in a box like you would in a preschool classroom, Mm -hmm. but learn how they are learning and go with them along that journey. But also one of the things that I've noticed with a lot of kids who have older siblings and your kids might have a bit, their, their gap is pretty big, but with Mm -hmm. older siblings, oftentimes the little ones will see their older siblings doing schoolwork and they'll, 
you know, they'll want to do it too. You know, mommy, I want to do worksheet too, or mommy, I want to do school too. And so I know Mm -hmm. a lot of moms who will, they'll put down a worksheet or a coloring page or something in front of that child. Right. Simply because they want to do what their big brother or big sister are doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, so it's different. I mean, that's the beauty of homeschooling is we do what works best for our family, but we don't put them in this perfect little box where we have to do it exactly as everyone else is doing it, um, their ages. Yeah. And so I think we have and to just short, be mindful A short note on the little, you know, give them a worksheet page. It's all about yeah. your intention with it. Yeah. There's no harm whatsoever in them right. doing that. If they want to do it and they want to sit at the table while everybody else is doing some work, then by all means, give yeah. them something to do. But it's just, am I framing my entire day right. around trying to get them to learn their letters and their numbers. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I did that <laughs> when, when Brooklyn was four, we sat down and I got all the workbooks and I put them in front of her and she, till this day, she hates workbooks. But preschool, I think oftentimes we, we don't see the bigger picture, right? We don't see sometimes where we're going and we have to always have a destination, right? Whenever we're okay. educating our kids and raising our kids and being intentional as you talk about, and as we talk about all the time on this podcast, as we're being intentional with them, we have to know exactly where it is that we're going. And so in order to know that, uh, you, you you get, you know, you pull out the GPS, you put in your destination, you figure out how to get to where you're going. But oftentimes, I know for me, I, I want to look at the map. I want to look at that 10,000 foot view. And I want to say, okay, what does this entire thing look like? And how am I going to get there? So talk about Mm -hmm. that in regards to the preschool years and how, you know, I I feel like every Christian today is like, how do we redeem this culture? How do we do this? How do we make things better for the future of our kids? Because they they are, (laughs) I feel like Whitney Houston, I believe the children are future. (laughs) Teach them all (laughs) and let them lead the way. Um, But they really are the future. And so how can we in the preschool years start guiding them to helping to redeem our culture and what's going on right now? So I think what it really comes down to is just having, like you said, that greater perspective. It's easy to get kind of tunnel visioned in to like the season that you're in. And if your preschooler is your oldest child or you have all your kids are like in in those early years, they're not quite to the tween and teen stage yet, you can often just get locked in on that and think about, be focused on the academic milestones that you feel like they need to make. And is everybody making the progress? And does everybody learn, is everyone learning what they should be learning at these ages? And as a, as a parent to a young adult and a teen, it's a lot easier for me now to look back at my younger children and recognize what is actually important. Mm -hmm. And Academics are very important. I'm not. I'm not going to water that down at all. We have to be diligent. Our children's educations are our responsibility. But at the end of the day, if they don't know who they are, if they don't know who made them, if they don't know what their purpose is in the world, if they don't have fundamental character, if they're not people of integrity and faithfulness and kindness and graciousness then knowing all the things in the world will not do any good for them. I'm pretty sure Paul has a scripture about if you know, if you can say all these things and you don't um, have love, then none of it matters. And that's just so, that has to be the guiding focus of our time with our children because the time is very short. Yeah. And even when we try to bubble them and keep them 
as separated from the world as we possibly can. Um, the, the broader culture still speaks into their lives. And culture is the transmission of values and beliefs from like one generation to the next. And the culture that our children are going into is really a culture that is like swayed by the wind. It is ever evolving every two seconds. Um, Social media has drastically changed the way culture develops, who shapes culture, and how it is transmitted, and the speed of all of those things. And so it is more important now than ever before that we are starting from the very earliest age possible in giving our children hearts for what is good and true and beautiful and helping them to develop self-control and attentiveness and kindness, teaching them how to speak and think logically so that their voices can be heard in, in, in their culture as they move into it. Um, and that's bumpy, you know, like that's a process. I've, like I've said, I've got two teenagers right now and my younger one, she's like a very vocal person. She has very strong convictions. Most of her convictions are good. They're not always good. And we are still working on shaping how we articulate those convictions to other people. Mm-hmm. But God has given her that big old mouth and that passion for speaking truth for a reason. And so it's my my responsibility as her parent to help her take all that captive for Christ, to help her to, you know, kind of buffer her strength and passions with humility and kindness, um, appreciate the views of other people. And so by starting in the preschool years with these different virtue focuses and teaching them what is good and true and beautiful, we can help them as teens and young adults be an active influence on the culture around them. Because we are called by God in the the creation mandate in Genesis 1 to— to subdue, to fill the earth and subdue it. And that is part of like our goal and our, our responsibility as mankind is to subdue things. And so that means to also be an impactful voice in our culture and continue to shine the light of Christ, and regardless of how dark it is. Amen. Amen to that. Well, on that note, I wish we had so much more time to talk because I feel like there's so much more we could talk about here. Um, But on that note, I know that you have some products, you have a website, um, and lots of resources that parents can use to help do that very thing, to help um, even in those preschool years um, and going into elementary, to really help guide their kids to love the Lord, to figure out who they are as people. Um, Talk about what what you have for the homeschool community. So um, at shopgentleclassical.com, we have all of our products and we it is part of our ministry. Whenever I started this whole thing and I wrote our preschool program five years ago, um, I put it on my blog just as a freebie, and it really kind of took off because it was a different perspective on preschool. It did elevate what is genuinely true and important for those ages. And so that's still um, the number one program that people know us for is the Gentle Classical Preschool. And that teacher's guide, along with our primer, which is our kindergarten program, and our two nature study programs are all available completely for free. So you can download those, read about our philosophies, our beliefs, our practices, um, and honestly have all the content there as well. 
Um, and those are geared more toward, um, you know, the earlier years. And then after that, um, we have a product called Morning Virtues. And Morning Virtues is about continuing to tend virtue in our children's hearts, to give them beautiful things to see, beautiful things to hear, beautiful literature that just has specific goals, whether it be courage or faithfulness or perseverance or honesty, those types of things. Um, So again, we're giving you the tools to be intentional. Um, And then the other thing that we offer is a uh, On Mission magazine. And On Mission is a um, cultural study It is kind of a mesh of classical and Charlotte Mason, as all of our programs are. And On Mission studies a new country each time, and it gets into the history and the language and the um, crafts and all of the things that you want. Like if you want to immerse your child in a particular country or culture so you can learn everything about the geography, the whole thing, that's our tool for that as well. Okay. Is the magazine a print magazine? It is. is. We have all okay. of our products available in print and digital format. So okay. you can pr- you can print at home very, very affordably. Some We have a lot of free stuff and very low price. Or um, we hope our print stuff is affordable too, but it's super high quality. So it's a lot okay. better than what you can just kind of do at home. Okay. Awesome. Well, we will, of course, put links to all of those things in the show notes for you guys. Erin, Thank you so much for being with us this week and uh, just for talking through the preschool years with us. I know it can be a scary time, especially for those moms and dads who are thinking about homeschooling and they're just, they just don't know exactly what to do and they want to go out and buy all of the curriculum and, you know, it can be so overwhelming. And oftentimes I think those parents just give up too easily because they think this is just too hard and it doesn't have to be that hard in the preschool years, especially. So um, thank you for what you do and for your ministry. Um, We will put links to all things Aaron Cox in the show notes. And you guys, if you've not yet watched the movie, Schoolhouse Rocked, The Homeschool Revolution, you can now watch it for free. You probably know that because I've been telling you that for weeks and weeks now. But if you haven't seen it, go to schoolhouserockedmovie.com, stream it for free, share it with your friends and family. We love you guys. Have a great rest of your day and we'll see you back here next week. Bye. What we do at IEW is break through the the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts, and we say, this is what you do, step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com.